there's a war going on that I need to confront and get to the battle line for. And that's mm. important to differentiate because we've been told so many times we have anger problems. So you're just an angry person. Well, there's more to than if there's somebody that's an angry person or you're a sad person or you deal with anxiousness, like you're not just an anxiety ridden person. There's probably something else, you know, pain and trauma. Yeah, there's more to that things going on. That's our returning guest, Jessica Hoddle, that's with us today to talk about a subject that I struggled with for a long time. I am a very, is there such thing as a feely person? All my life, I've worn my feelings on my sleeve as a kid. And so you're going to know right on my face how I'm feeling. Um, And because I've never really been a shy child, there were times where I was going to let you know how I'm feeling. Um, But what I found as I've gotten older is that those feelings have led me in directions and have controlled parts of my life that have led me down a path that I did not want to be on, have led me into relationships that I now look back and think, what was I thinking? But now I know it was because my feelings were in control. Well, today, Jessica comes to talk to us about how we can face off with our feelings, how we don't have to allow them to dictate every single part of our life. We can be free of that and we can rely on what God's word says to lead and guide us and not our feelings. This is a great episode with great practical tips that you can apply today. For those of you who are like me, I want you to listen closely. Let's hop in right now. Do you feel the tug or pull in your heart calling you to more? Do you feel like it is too late or that you're too broken to pursue the dream in your heart? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Latasha and welcome to the Overcome to Become podcast. Pull up a seat and join me each week for real talk, life-changing truths, and actionable takeaways. We are diving into any and everything that has been holding you back from becoming who you were meant to be in every area of your life. Those of you who know Jessica Hoddle and are following her know why I have her back on this season. And those of you who don't know her are going to get to know her today. She is a great follow. She speaks truth, which I absolutely love. She's transparent and she has a heart for helping women to really overcome by sharing her story and really attacking the lies head on and helping women to be free of those lies. So welcome, Jessica. I am so glad to be back. Thanks so much for having me. So let's get right to it. You have a book coming out uh, this fall. Congrats on that, because I know that is probably quite a journey, that whole process. And the title of that book is Face Off With Your Feelings, Break Up With the Lies from Your Past and Embrace Truth for Your Future. If that is not a more relevant title uh, (laughs) for right now, I don't know what is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like, when did you start your journey to write this book and why do you feel this message is timely? And then where did the title come from? Yeah, actually, let's start with the title. It's so funny because I had, well, I guess it all goes together, but I started the book in 2019. I've rewrote it four times. Wow. And I'm, I'm at the place where I'm like, this is, this is the message because it's that fine tuning with the Lord, right? Where Mm -hmm. the first draft isn't always the best draft, you know? And I had to walk this process out and I basically wrote the entire book, but I could not figure out a title. Usually the title is one of the first things I'm like, Ooh, I know that this is what I want. Yeah. So I had like a, a mini mastermind day with one of my good friends and she's so smart with words. Like, so good with like copywriting and words. And 
So we started talking, like brainstorming things that I talk about a lot, like challenging the way that you think to change the way you live. And she's thinking about like my personality. And so face off with your feelings was born. And I was actually a little hesitant. I kept asking her, I'm like, do you think people resonate? Do you think it's going to come off so harsh? And the resounding, like what people have been telling me and face off with your feelings and how they love it. I'm like, okay. Like, cause I'm a little punchy. I'm kind of yeah. straight, like not in your face, but I'm going to tell you like, there's so much better. Like there's so much goodness on the other side of this. And yes. So but the, it was just birth from brainstorming and like my passion to help women. Cause it's like face off with your feelings. And then the mm-hmm. subtitle is to break up. So we want to face off to break up. Yes. Right. And so that's kind of how the title and how long I've been writing the book. There's so many people walking around. I think especially what's gone on over the last year and still going on. And even before that, they're walking around entangled in lies. You know, we have, especially because of social media culture, have learned to put on a happy, I'm blessed face. Everything is all good face. But deep down inside, we are really wrestling with those lies. And then on top of it, covering up with busy with the kids, busy with our spouse, busy with all kinds of activities that we're doing on the outside. How can we start to address our feelings with God so we can begin to heal and bear the stories of our past and our pain? Mm. I always go back to the first chapter of the book because I think the first chapter is most important, which is creating the space. And we, and then I go right into the busyness is a badge. And what happens Mm. is that busyness becomes basically normalized. We normalize a lot of things. We normalize busyness. We normalize hustle. We normalize Mm -hmm. stress. We normalize dis-ease in our body. And what happens when we normalize those things is that we no longer challenge them because they're normal, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And I would say they're common, but they're not the way that I believe God would want us to live. Mm. And I often say that suffering is a place of visitation, not a place of habitation. Right. Ah, the, like the things, that. the things that you said that were blessed that, you know, were favored and, and all of those things, that is a truth that scripture gives us, but it's not an excuse to not deal with what actually is happening. Mm-hmm. We can live from a place of blessed. We can mm-hmm. live from a place of favor. We can live from a place of an air. Absolutely. That should flow from our identity, yeah. but it's not a bandaid. It's not meant to be a bandaid. It's actually meant to transform the pain that we're experiencing. If we're saying that we're blessed and favored and an heir and a daughter, that's our identity. So our identity should be changing, right? The way we talk to people, the way we Mm -hmm. show up, how we steward our time, how we steward our relationships, that should be changing. It shouldn't be this or that. It should be one flowing from the other. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So the change. So what what would you say is stopping us from that? I know you said it's because it's part of our culture. It's normal. And so we just all of us expect that's what it is. What are some of the things you can say that's that's hindering that actual shift and changing yeah. instead of us just saying it and actually being it? Yeah. It's in my, I wrote this in my first chapter. The one I was talking about creating space to heal was I use the story of the paralytic man and his friends taking him, you know, through the roof and Jesus kind of, and I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus asked him basically, you know, which is easier to, to, to say your sins are forgiven or take your mat up and walk, or which one is it easier to, you know, experience it. And 
the reality is to that is that to say you're healed, get up and walk, it, mm-hmm. you can see this physical thing happening, right? I believe. And now I'm getting an outward reward. Yeah. But to say that your sins are forgiven, what outward reward do we receive? Mm. And so when I think about healing, I think about this idea that we don't think healing is valuable because it doesn't produce an XYZ result. Wow. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. So it's kind of like, if I'm going to choose to slow down, okay, slowing down doesn't quote unquote, make me money. Slowing down doesn't you know, make my abs appear slowing down, doesn't do this. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's why I think is one of the biggest things is we don't think healing is worth it because it doesn't produce a result for us. Mm. Even though it's a lie, even though that's a lie. That is my, I mean that you just ripped the top right off of that. That is so good because as you were saying that I thought to myself, it doesn't not, not only do we think it doesn't pr- produce results, sometimes we know it does produce it, but it takes yeah. too long. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not going to be like you said, if I start incorporating rest today, going to bed earlier, right? Putting down the social media, whatever rest entails yeah. for us, everything is not going to be all in well within that next hour, right? Or that next day it's going. So would you agree like the time mm-hmm. is a hindrance yeah. as well? Well, it's a... To, to walk out that emotional healing process, to think about even scripture when he talks about forgive because you have been forgiven, most people cringe at that. They're like, no. And mm. we think that forgiveness is reconciliation. We think that forgiveness is letting people off the hook and you know all the things. And that's just one example. But what scripture is clear about is forgiveness. That's just one example. And the reason why I say that is because he's not talking about forgiveness so that you know, you feel like you're just letting people off the hook and they can just hurt you whenever they want. I fully believe that he's doing that because he loves and cares about you because he knows what unforgiveness does to your body, does to your heart and does to your soul. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I was reading somewhere the other day where it says it turns, you turn the knife inward when you are refusing to forgive someone else and to let it go. It really is hurting you. And I love that you pointed out the fact that there's a physical manifestation of you holding on to unforgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. It does indeed welcome dis-ease. And I was reading somewhere else where they said that 70% of the the dis-ease or the disease that we encounter in our bodies is psychosomatic. And so, you know, it starts in your mind, which I know you've probably Mm -hmm. read through all of those things and prepping for this book. So, so tell us, you say that everything that we feel is not true, but I know there's somebody saying out there, Jessica, like, but I'm feeling this right now and it feels really, really real. How are you telling me that my feelings can sometimes not be true? Yeah, it's great. It's a great question because the reality is, is that your experience is true. Like, I'm not saying it's your truth, which is different. I'm saying it's true that somebody hurt you, that you were abused, that, you know, these people said these things like that is a true statement. Mm -hmm. You might feel sad. That is true. What is not true, though, what comes with that is that you're unworthy, that you're not good enough, that, you know, God's just putting you in a corner, that God doesn't love you. So what happens is that our feelings become more death 
than life. Mm. Because we then start to create this kind of emotional loop where we go into our next situation where we go, oh, look, and then we start looking for the validation to prove what we feel. And so so to kind of wrap it up, it's yes, your experience, what you feel may be true, but it's not the ultimate truth. Yes. Oh, I love that. So then someone saying, okay, okay, I, I see that. But how can I differentiate? I'm feeling this feeling. I mean, it feels like it's overtaking my whole body. What steps can I do to take and maybe begin to see this is what I feel and this is really the truth? Maybe there's some things that you have done that have helped you, you know, differentiate between the two. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say two things first is that what I like to tell and remind women is that feelings are not a sin. Feelings can lead us to sin. Mm, that's good. So we talk about feelings. Feelings are not sin. Feelings can lead us to sin. Then we think about, well, what is a lie and a truth, right? So lies, they bring destruction. They bring division. They bring questioning. They bring doubt. When we think about truth, we think about restoration. We think about redemption. We think about healing. So what I'm feeling is it going to bring restoration? Is it going to bring redemption? Is it going to bring healing of some kind? Or is what I'm feeling actually going to cause division because I'm actually prideful and I want people to believe what I believe, or I want them to know how I feel. And so what happens is you actually take what you feel and twist it to your own agenda. Mm. That's interesting. I heard a lot of I, I, I's in that last part of it's really, would, would you agree the self-centeredness as mm-hmm. far as is this, are these feelings self-serving yeah. and keeping and it, you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it definitely can be because it's us. Our feelings are something that we have to take responsibility for. And that's where True. we have to be tender and kind to ourselves because we can't just keep shaming ourselves because shaming shaming ourselves doesn't cause change. True. And so you can't hate your way into change, which so many of us do. I hate the way I talk. I hate the way I look. I hate this. And we, we expect, well, I keep hating on my body, but why is my body not changing? Mm. Because death and life can't coexist. It's either you're walking in life or you're walking in death. And so it's, it's hard to try to change. Like, you know, a lot of women or women, just people in general, we pray and we go, I want to be healed from this disease or this disease. I like to say more than anything in my body, but then we turn around with our words and go, I'm so sick. I am so angry. I'm so stressed out. Like our words then counteract the prayers that we pray. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. So then that, that actually, when we feel like we're helpless, it sounds like you're, you're telling us that we, the power really is in our hands to control what we say and monitor what we say. And that it's not that things are just happening to us and we don't have, and yes, some things can happen to us, but as far as how we react to them and how we pack them down on the inside of our heart. And the narrative that we tell ourselves, would you agree about those things? Yeah. I mean, when we think about like, God would not be a just God if he didn't give us 
the power to control what we're experiencing in our reaction. Amen. And so if we never had any choice, then would, would he be a just God? And so I think to, to just say that, well, we have no control over anything is also to dismiss our responsibility for our mouse. I mean, why does scripture over and over tell us be slow to speak, slow to anger, slow to wrath? Why does it say that anger does not produce the righteousness of God? Why does it say that, you know, God's word is life to our flesh and strength to our bones? Like over and over you see in Proverbs, even about emotions, fear, timidity, pride. What are those? Mm -hmm. Those are emotions. And he gives us the tool book on how to handle them. Why would they be there if there wasn't a choice? Mm. Why would he say, this is what pride brings. This is what fear brings. And then say, but this is what my word does. Mm. And so I I think there's, I mean, I'm doing kind of surface level and I understand there's layers of trauma layers built in there's, there is, trust me, like I get that if you're listening and you're like, yeah, but, and I'm like, I know there's layers of responses and windows of tolerance and your nervous system and, and responses and hyper arousal and hypo. Like I know that, but I also want you to know that like, God's not just leaving you in your pain to just stay there. He's a pain taker, not a pain manager. Mm, I like that. So share with us the five-step process to help manage our emotions when they do arise. Yeah, this is something that can happen pretty quickly. But the first thing is you just want to acknowledge. I think if we could even get to the point of acknowledgement, it could be just the path to being set free, but it's like, okay, we're acknowledged, but what do we do with that? And so then we want to just go, well, what do I, what am I identifying? Like, what is, what is happening? I'm acknowledging something's not right. And then I'm going to identify what's not right. So maybe mm-hmm. I have fear, anger, bitterness, resentment. What is present to see like, what is going on? Because that gives us the opportunity to actually press in and move through healing versus dismissing it and saying, well, it could be worse. I don't have time. And, you know, we start to say all these things that are very basically saying what I'm experiencing doesn't matter. And so we never are able to move through it because we're holding on to it and we don't, we don't know what's going on. So we don't name it to be able to move through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the the third thing then becomes acceptance, which you are not accepting that as your identity. You're saying that right now in this moment of my life, this is what I'm experiencing. You're not shaming yourself. You're not feeling guilty. You're, you can process it through those things later, but right now you're just saying that this is what is happening. And if I'm angry, it doesn't make me an angry person. If I'm feeling envy, it doesn't make me an envious person. It means that right now there's a battle, there's a war going on that I need to confront and get to the battle line for. And that's mm. important to differentiate because we've been told so many times we well, have anger problems. So you're just an angry person. Well, there's more to than if there's somebody that's an angry person or you're a sad person or you deal with anxiousness, like you're not just an anxiety ridden person. There's probably something else, you know, pain and trauma. Yeah, there's and more to that. Things going on. Hmm. And so the fourth step is then to just identify what is the emotion telling you? 
You know, what is, what is the deeper thing that's happening? Is it because you felt, you know, deserted as a child? And so now you're trying to basically make up for it as an adult and you're, you know, you kind of shut yourself out and you, cause you don't want to be abandoned again, or there's, I know that sounds so deep because maybe like something so simple that somebody texts you or you read something on social media and it just triggers you. But mm-hmm. when your mood changes, there's a reason your mood changes based on the trigger. And that's mm-hmm. what's important is like, why did this, why did this affect me? Did it, you know, did it contradict a moral or a value that I carry? Did it, you know, ruffle my feathers on this pain point in my life. And so we just got to get to that point. What is it telling us? And then number five is the most important stuff is that we get to have a conversation with God. We actually get to go to God and say, here's what I'm feeling, but what is your truth to what I feel? Because again, like I said earlier, everything should flow from our identity. And so we get to go to God and say, yeah, I know that I'm, my emotions are telling me that I'm not known and nobody cares about me, but what scriptures come to my remembrance when I think about the truth about who God has called me to be. Oh, I love that. And that leads me right into what I wanted to ask you about in regards to, you know, when we're shamed by people for our feelings and our emotions or dismissed some, especially if that was, we experienced it as a child and our parents. And I've learned as I've gotten older that a lot of our perspective uh, of God was shaped about how we were treated by our parents, right? And so growing up like that, there may be some people listening where they were told to, you know, kind of squash their feelings or dismiss them. They don't exist shamed for it. And they don't, they keep those things from God, even though we know in our, in our head, Jessica, that God knows all things we're told that, right? He can see everything. He knows everything. We will take everything, but what we really feel to God because we don't really, we think that he will judge us like people do, that he will dismiss us like people have. So how can we start changing our perspective or what are some practical things we can start doing to start leaning into God as a safe space rather than holding back everything that he already really knows? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that always comes to my mind when I think about safety is consistency, trust, and the fact that God is both of those things. However, we have to know our view of God because it changes our relationship with God. And so if you've been taught that God doesn't care about your feelings, that he's just, you know, out to condemn you, that he sees you through your sin, he's putting you in the corner, that he doesn't care about you. If you view God that way, then you'll never see him as safe because that's your view of God. So true. So we have to actually ask ourselves, what is my view? This is a practical step that you can do today is like, apart from social media and everybody telling you your pastor, whoever telling you who God is, who do you believe him to be right now? And Mm. be honest with yourself. Do you think he's a safe place? Do you not trust him? Why don't you trust him? Why don't you think he's a safe place? And getting to that idea of like, these are the doctrines These are the beliefs that I've carried about God. And then we actually have to go to the word of God and say, who are you? Because if what you think he is doesn't align with who he is, that's where your disconnect will come from. And that is where the safety comes from. And if you can't just go, well, I'm going to start trusting God and safety. 
if everything about you says to not trust him. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that really peeling, as you were saying that I thought to myself, peeling back the layers and asking why, why such a powerful question. So tell us if you could speak to your younger self, what would you tell her and knowing what you know, and writing this book, what would you tell her? I would say a lot of the things that keep coming to my mind is just slow and steady and in healing, in growing anything in your life, relationships, business, ministry, whatever it is that you're called to do is that if you can just stay steady and keep your eyes forward and keep showing up, it's not about how fast you go. It's just, will you keep the pace of his word period? Mm -hmm. Because I, I went so fast. I did sprints for my sprint was like, you know, 10 years. Okay. (laughs) And if we sprinted for 10 years, I can relate. And so when I stopped sprinting was when I fell to the ground because my body was tired and physically, if you can picture a sprinter, right. Mm. They get to the end. Look, we watched the Olympics. Yeah. Just recently at the time, this recording was just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, what do the sprinters do when they get to the end of the finish? Oh my gosh. They're exhausted. They're They usually yes. like fall down or yes. like take a knee or sit yes. down or they leave right away. Yes. Um, most of them, they just take a minute to slow down, catch their breath, especially mm. ones that are going a sprint, a long meter. Yeah. They fall on their back. I've seen some fall on their back and just breathe. Yes. Because your body cannot go for a long period of time sprinting like that. They need a break. And yeah. so that's what I would say. Just slow and steady. Wow. I love that. So as we wrap up last words to the one who is still struggling with the lies, but she has a deep desire to move forward into what, you know, God has for her and who he has called her to be last words for her. I would say, and I, this is the most cheesiest line, but it really is just don't give up on Mm -hmm. your health. Don't listen be careful who you allow to talk into your life. Be careful what you read because they can bring death without you realizing it instead of life. And when I was going through my healing journey, I was very careful about who knew about my physical symptoms because I didn't need somebody telling me how sick I was or, you know, well, this is just life. I wanted somebody to say, nope, you're healed. Mm-hmm. I needed that. I didn't need somebody to to reaffirm what the enemy keep telling me. And so that is something that I would just encourage anybody that's walking through emotional, physical, or spiritual is where are they leading you and what are they speaking to you? Oh, I love that. It's not cheesy at all. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, that's well, that like never oh my, give up part is like, yeah, so what's well, cliche is yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's still, you know what? I'm mean, even when I can read things, or I see memes. It's still when it hits you right at that place when you need it, because we all have been at the end of the rope like that. And so, and I especially love the part you said about be careful who speaks into your life, even the books, because some things can appear like yeah. it's coming from God or what God would say. And it's totally so opposite. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. So I know everyone is waiting and 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 thinking, where can I find this book? Yeah. Number one, yeah. how can I connect with Jessica? All the things. Yeah, just you can just go to jessicahoddle.com and you'll be able to find the book right there and be able to pick it up and get yourself a copy and 
share with a friend. I have some really cool, fun things on there as well that you can get with the book too. Awesome. Well, you all know that I am huge on supporting women authors, right? And so it's so big to go and purchase, you know, this book and support women authors, Christian women authors. And then if you have the book, I think by the time this does release, it'll be close to close-ish to Black Friday and that giving season that we have. And so buy one for you and buy one for somebody else as well. And so that they can be blessed too. So thank you, Jessica. This has been such a huge, I mean, you as some would say, gave a preach word today. Um, And I pray that those who are listening were healed and um, encouraged to buy your book to dig in even deeper. So thank you for sharing and being so open and not being shy of sharing the word of God and what God has given you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so kind. I hope this episode was a huge encouragement to you. I'd like to ask you a favor. I have a link in the show notes where I would love to get your feedback. This form would take no more than three minutes of your time. And this feedback is so valuable because it's gonna help to craft the next season that kicks off in 2022, which I'm so excited about. I have some ideas, but I wanna know what you want to hear, what guests you wanna see, what topics you want us to discuss. I want some feedback on what you think about this podcast. I want to ensure that you are finding value in what I'm offering here in this podcast. Listen, I could not do this without you. I appreciate your week after week support, sharing, offering the feedback, the reviews and the rates that you're doing in Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. Again, that link will be in the show notes. See you next week.